Welcome to episode 10 of the Spen and Nick Show. Nick, Woo! how oh. cool is that? It's amazing. amazing. I can't believe it. I've never episode done ten. 10. I've never done 10 of anything. <laughs> anything ever. It's, uh, I never thought we'd get this far. It's so cool. We've been smashing it and I think we've been improving every time. Yeah, right? and I, I think we need to take um, a moment just to recognise the amount of work that Spencer's put into editing this show. Oh, because, you know, man. it's easy to come here and have a good time every week. But someone's got to edit this thing. I, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, but I think we should also pay, you know, our respects to amazing, amazing production and planning for mm. every single show. You'll be the one that said, this is what we're going to focus on every time. So awesome. Absolutely great. Thank you. Thank we, you. we make a fucking good team. Mate. I think we do. Come we'll on. One more high five. Good team. You know, I, I, in it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this week, the yeah. plan is to talk a little bit about um, a blog post that I wrote recently. Yes. Um, it's called The Innovation Space. Or it's called Mapping Innovation based off of the innovation space. Indeed. It's a concept I got from uh, this book. Here's one I prepared earlier. Um, Riding the Innovation Wave by John Besant. And there's a fantastic model in it which talks about almost like um, a compass that you can use to navigate the areas that you're doing new things in your organisation so that you can spot maybe new places that you can go to that you might not have thought of before. And um, the four areas, just want to kick off with that, Please. if that's all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. is the first one is about like making changes to your product. Um, then the second one is about making changes to the processes, like how you make your product. Um, might be systems or tools as well. Then the third one is new markets. So maybe looking for kind of new target customers to serve. Uh, you might have been doing B2C before, then moving on to B2B. I think that's kind of a, uh, a preview of what we're going to be talking about Indeed. later on. Yep. Um, and then you've got business model. So that's how you um, create, uh, deliver, and capture value for your uh, for your business. Um, and it's really interesting because in the same way that a compass has north, south, east, and west, and you can go in those directions, we've well, got four directions now that you can look in your business that you can go in. So um, I wanted to look at this model and then talk to you a little bit about what changes are you making with your business and where are they fitting on that map? So um, the first one is product. Mm. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about Future Builders and a little bit about the product and maybe some of the new things that you're doing? Future Builders is essentially a learning tool that's focused on resources, not courses. Courses are essentially ineffectual in many places. They don't deliver the results that people really need. So what we're doing is enabling increased productivity and increased professional growth by giving people the resources and the content that they, that they need at the point that they need it. So that's what we're doing as Future Builders. And what's the product then exactly? The product essentially, it's again, the most simple form is think of Spotify and the playlists that you can get with Spotify. We're doing that for learning content. So playlists of learning based on a particular theme that help you grow and help you with your productivity and work. That actually sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phew. <laughs> and so can you tell us a little you bit? You can sign up now, by the way. I Do will. I, no, I think I already have. Futurebuilders.co. Futurebuilders.co. <laughs> Perfect. And so what are some of the changes that you've made to that product? Uh, and, and maybe some of the different directions that you've taken with it. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I guess we've gone on a really meandering path from the beginning, from the first inception of, of Future Builders. We started mm -hmm. off focusing on 
um, coding courses mm -hmm. on um, kind of thinking about the boot camp, coding boot camp space, which is mm -hmm. a, a world that I came from before with makers, um, and how you can do that in an online environment. So that's what our first kind of go-to-market or first product um, focus was. And then we realized actually it's a really competitive space. There's a lot of people mm -hmm. out there. And actually it's a commoditized market as well. It's getting, getting a lot of freely available content out there. And this is kind of where some of those trigger points for our pivot started to be started to come to come out because you can get a lot of that stuff freely available mm. anywhere and then we went through a phase of like trying to figure out what we should become are we a community is that what we need to be focusing on we're we focusing on tech skills we're we focusing on future skills we focus what is it we're trying to do and actually this idea with the playlists emerged from having loads of really great conversations mm. with potential users and they basically fed me this idea so really listening to your uh, your users was a really important thing that enabled us to pivot from this idea of doing a course and having this linear progression of, of uh, learning to something which is much more um, getting stuff from all over the place and being recommended what you should learn is the thing that we need to do. And, and mm -hmm. what we're really trying to focus on, but isn't necessarily the only thing, is how can I get free stuff mm -hmm. served to me as a user um, that I don't have to pay anything for at all? Um, uh, and still learn really effectively. And we do have business models as well, so it's not gonna be completely free, but the basic the basic tool is gonna be free. Great, well, why don't we uh, jump onto business model then? Cool. So business model is how you create, um, capture and deliver value. Yep. How are you guys uh, doing that and planning to do that? So I can tell you what we're, what we're planning to do, and I can also talk about how it's changed as well. Perhaps. Yeah, good plan. So our, our first plan was- We said we, plan a lot in the last- We years. have- <laughs> It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's our, our first focus. <laughs> I kind of like the fact that we've said plan multiple times. <laughs> Go on. So your first focus or plan? Our first focus that we planned. <laughs> <laughs> we Our, our go-to-market strategy mm. was, okay, let's try and get a load of users, free, free users, mm. that are just using the tool so that we can prove out that and, and validate that proposition. Um, and then let's go to businesses because... Actually, the real value of uh, of um, highly skilled, highly adaptable workforce is really high to businesses. Mm -hmm. It's what all businesses really need. In fact, 80% of CEOs say that their skills gap is a top priority for their organizations right now. Okay, so that's how big it is. A massive opportunity. And actually, you know, learning and development and, and kind of learning as we know it is kind of broken. So we're really mm -hmm. trying to fix that. So our first thing was, let's try and get a load of users and then let's try and get businesses to pay for those users, essentially. Mm -hmm. So it's a B2B strategy, but with a very big angle on growth and, grow and growing free users. So essentially, it's a subscription service. Mm -hmm. So software is a subscription with a model of recurring revenue each month for, for per user. So B2B, but B2B was the business model. And actually, it kind of like dawned on me over the last, only the last few weeks, actually, which is like, there is going to be, there's this emerging future of work, this idea that people might have multiple jobs, they might not have a career for life, they're going to move from different role to role and need different skills and, and, and do different kinds of work all the time. So actually just having one company that pays for your, for your seat or, or usage of this app might not be the right thing. So we've, got a, we've now got a B2C option, so direct to customer option, where you can pay for premium services, mm -hmm. such as analytics, such as uh, assessment tools to understand where you are and where you're going and, and get that recommendation mm -hmm. engine really kicking in. So we've got a B2C model and a B2B model. Hopefully this means that we're, we're being able to serve 
all the customers that want to, to buy those services, but we're doing it in a way that you can either pay for it yourself or you can get your mm. business to pay for so it. So do you want to talk a little bit about, so you, you've changed the target customer that you've gone for, um, or at least um, broaden it out so you've got a couple of different um, target customers. Do you yeah. want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so there's a strategy here, which is essentially what we're aiming for is to go in, a, a, in an underserved market it's a classic, actually a classic disruptive innovation. We're going for an underserved market that don't have access to big kind of enterprise level, glorious pieces of software. People that don't have, just don't have access to some of these great, um, great platforms. So we're going for that with a cheap or free version to start with. Mm -hmm. And then essentially we go up market. So we try to sell the premium features and then we go up one more step to like the small businesses, the growing startups that might not have learning and development teams. They might not have HR people. They might not be able to do all of the learning support that they would like to be able to do. So we're offering that almost as a service through software. And then again, we go upstream and eventually we're thinking towards the end of this year, we'll move into the enterprise space where we build out, the, out these additional features and functionality, which enables us to sell to really big organizations on a subscription basis. And that's where we make Listen, big bucks. This oh, you remind me of. Uh, I was watching um, news this morning, and there was a short clip of um, the Sainsbury CEO um, on a video going, "I'm in the money. <laughs> I'm <laughs> in the money." It was really funny. Oh, um, you should, and now he's in trouble. I think he's leaving now. Um, but it's been, it was a while ago that that happened. But he's stepping down, so that's that's the latest there. Yeah, so um, probably shouldn't say that when we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't sing that on your own because that's not going to come out well. Um, so it's interesting. So it started off, you were first targeting uh, people that wanted to learn, individuals that wanted to learn. Yes. And um, track their learning yeah. and record it oh, yeah. um, and have it all in one place, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then what you did is you moved on to um, businesses that want to track their employees' learning or support them with the learning. Yes. And then enterprise has gone much bigger than that. So it's gone from SMEs to enterprise on a much bigger scale. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So the, really, the, I, I think of the model, the overall thing, and the place where we, we're getting towards, and we haven't built all of this out yet, is two, two kind of main products or, or main things that we do. The first one is individuals can uh, assess their skill sets. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I find it really hard to know how good I am at things if I haven't done something official course, right? Mm. I've done loads of learning, particularly over the last five, six years of working in startups. I've been constantly mm. developing all these all these things, um, coding, doing marketing. In the last couple of weeks, I've been coding, doing marketing stuff. I've got no idea how good I am at any of that stuff. Mm. But actually, wouldn't it be good if you can do some kind of assessment about all of that breadth of skills that you've yep. got? And even stuff like soft skill soft skills that are the hardest skills to learn mm. and to develop, but actually we still call them soft because they're not, they're really hard to measure and actually really hard to acquire. Imagine if we can start to assess our capabilities on that. Mm. Stuff like um, whether we have good learning strategies, whether we are, um, we have emotional intelligence, whether we have a good um, uh, growth mindset, whether we are kind of have a supportive leadership role. Uh, and good at and good at kind of uh, leadership. These are all the the supposed soft skills. I like to call them the future skills. Actually, bring it into future builders, and it's the future skills that people need in order to become adaptable. So the first thing is we assess. We can assess that stuff, and not only assess that on an individual level, but we're moving towards over the next couple of months is being able to get individuals assessing that for themselves, but then broadening that out so you get a whole business can see what their skills mm. capability really is, what it actually is against a good kind of skills quotient 
um, and be able to then see where the skills gaps are that they need to have in their organization. So they can and I think it'll be really interesting as well because I think a lot of people will be logging stuff that they just in, are interested in and enjoy. Sure. And so it'd be quite interesting knowing what the skills are, yeah. but also know, knowing what people are just studying because they're interested. Yeah, and, and businesses don't know some of that latent or some of that interest-led skills mm. that people have in their organizations because you know they might be a project manager working through Gantt charts or something mm. like that, but actually they do all this great coding stuff on the side or they do all of this amazing like hardware tinkery on the side, but they're never given the opportunity to show people those skills in the workplace because they're always doing just what they need to be doing and what their job description says. So there are amazing skills that are just underutilized and I think we can uncover some of those with this assessment. Um, just to finish that off on the second piece is we need to find out what the skills are that people have Mm. and the skills that they need and then we provide the platform for them to learn those skills mm. and then it's a cyclical thing so you carry on with the assessment and development so people can see their growth businesses can see individual growth and we go there we go and then we go um so you said gantt chart yes the last bit that we wanted to talk about was processes i'd love to hear a little bit about you mentioned kanban what are some of the processes that you're using in your business to help you deliver your product yeah not a gantt chart uh, first of all. Uh, and the reason is just really quickly, like we're at the start of something, actually regardless of whether you're at the start of something, but there's so much uncertainty in our direction mm. and wh where we're going. Uh, actually, it's a point that I wanted to raise with you about your article. So if, if I may, really quickly as an aside, Please do. you talk about the map of innovation and, and innovation space and, and it being a map and you kind of drew this analogy which I really like and I love and a good analogy is you know to Google Maps and if you want to go somewhere you'd use Google Maps in order to give you the direction and therefore you're not going to get lost and, and whatever else. Um, the problem I have is I don't know what that destination is necessarily and this is why I think the compass was a really good analogy, yeah. but the, the analogy of the Google Maps might not necessarily work for me. Mm. It might work for someone further down no, I, I think it's a fairly good point um, because it's a fair point because the compass has four directions, yeah. but it's not telling you where you're going. Sure. It's just telling you the direction you're going in. Whereas when we say it's a map, it's it's the wrong analogy. The right analogy is that it's a compass yeah. or, or perhaps the GPS. Cool. Yeah, so it's cool. a good point. It was a really good analogy, but like, like, that was one of the things that was yeah. slightly... I was just thinking about that this morning. As it's I just because it. Um, it also had a really nice image that I created yeah. of a map and I was happy to use that. I think it was, it was worth it for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Coming so back, processes. So coming back to that process, we don't know exactly where we're going. We know the direction. We've got that compass level that we, mm. we're aiming for. So there's no point in doing some big Gantt chart over months and months of planning because we're just not going to stick to mm. it. There's, plans are good. It's good to help you think. But actually what we need to do in terms of our development and our roadmap and what the features and the functionality that we want to build, we need to be much more agile. And like, I mean that both as a capital A and a small A version of the Agile. So we need to be nimble and quick and all that kind of thing. That's the small. That's the small A. So it's about that nimbleness. Um, but actually capital A is a particular framework, specific framework that we kind of do. We do a blend of a, of a number of different flavors, if you like, of Agile. There's, there's things called a Scrum. Scrum version of Agile, there's Kanban, there's XP, Extreme Programming. What we broadly do is a thing called Kanban. So essentially what this is, is we have a load of things that we want to get done, a load of tasks that we want on the product that stick on the left-hand column of a, of a number of columns. Think of like a spreadsheet, it's fine mm -hmm. in this instance. So a load of things that we want to do. The next column is the things that we are doing right now, the active tasks that we're trying to 
to trying to nail off the things that we can tick off and then the final column but that tends to be one thing at a time one thing at a time it's really important that it is only one thing at a time in fact i know on our kanban we've got currently got a couple of things <laughs> but they're interrelated so it makes yeah. sense in this instance and then the final column is the thing that you the things that you've done the things that you've completed and so you move these uh, tasks across from on the backlog on the wait the wait list if you like to they're actively being worked on right now to they've been completed. And then when they're completed, they can be deployed and we can see, we can see. And what happens if um, you start a task, but you can't finish it? Um, you should know that in, in advance. So that should be based on dependencies. So what we tend to do is we plan our, uh, our workloads um, over about a two week period. So the, broadly, they, we call these sprints. Really, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a block of work. We broadly look at about two weeks of a, of a particular focus, and in, it's in the sprint planning where we kind of go through all the things that we want to achieve. We work out what the what the priority is, which are the things that need to come first, mm. whether there are dependencies. I'll give you an example of a dependency that we've got right now. We're doing some kind of semi machine learning stuff based on getting recommendations for people around specific topics, mm -hmm. categories of learning. So what we need to do first is we need to categorize all of our great content. So that has to come before we can start mm. to unleash the algorithms. Mm. So we need to build out those, those category lists. That's now been done. The next thing is that we need to display those categories to people on the front end. So when they hit first hit the website, you can see the category of, of the playlists. And then what we need to do is start to build, build the algorithms based on the things that people are looking at the most and the, people, the things that people are liking. And mm. then we can start to make sure that the content, which is really good, gets served to people at the right time. So all of those are kind of dependencies. It's, it's flexible, it's, it's, it's really flexible in that, in that instance. So what I love is from using this compass is we've managed to look around your whole business and get a really good idea of what you're doing in terms of your products, your processes, like the customers, the new market, the markets that you're trying to focus on. And we also know a little bit about your business model. And I think that's probably under the 20 minutes. So yeah, I'm pretty pleased with that. I think we've just smashed it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think what's come out of this is maybe next time we should look at your business model in a bit more detail, maybe use the business model canvas and that could be something exciting to kind of share with everyone. Yeah, why not? I'm happy, um, happy to share everything that we can. I think this is valuable learning and it will certainly become a playlist so that's it for today please like um, subscribe share with your friends um, and yeah we hope to see you next week really great stuff for episode 11 11 I can't believe it I can't believe it that's awesome Thank so you. yeah until next time um, be good <laughs> 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 be good if you can't be good be careful <laughs> that's what I was told that's, that's what, what my mum said <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>